In my busyness, I forgot to mention it earlier, I have the privilege to uh, announce that Lulu, you want to give a little wave there, Lulu? Wonderful Lulu here in the beautiful mint uh, blouse. She is transferring. She wants to be a part of the Crosswalk family. Her and her lovely friend just live here. They wanted to be blessed by God to be here too. So is there a motion to uh, accept her transfer? All kinds of hands. We'll take that, all those as a first and a second. All in favor, say yes or raise your hand. Or amen. Welcome, Lulu. <coughs> Welcome very much. We're so happy to have you here with us. <coughs> okay. Why don't we have a word of prayer as we continue with our service here this morning? <clears throat> Father in heaven, we pause. <clears throat> I, I claim what I often claim, Jeremiah 1.9, where you say clearly that you are the one that puts your words in my mouth and that you say that you've already stretched out your hand and already have done that, and I appreciate that. But that's only part of the equation, though I, I desperately need your help. <clears throat> I pray that all those who are sitting here, those who are watching live, and those who are watching on crosswalkfellowship.net later on a delay feed, that you'd be with them as well, that they would truly hear you speaking and not just another person. Uh, the whole world, there's almost eight billion of us, and lots of people can say things, but Lord, we want to hear from you. So please, may you speak to us today so clearly that we know it's you. But even that's only part of it. When we hear you, may we appreciate you. And by faith, respond positively to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you turn with me in your Bible or smartphone or tablet, we will be in the book of Psalm today. <clears throat> the book of Psalm chapter 40. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 40, and we will begin with the first five verses. Psalms 40, starting in verse 1. <clears throat> David wrote, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, <clears throat> Excuse me, and He set my feet upon a rock making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Many, O Lord, are the wonders which you have done and your thoughts towards us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them all, they would be too numerous to count. Like all babies, Jessica knew <clears throat> nothing of what her life would be. She didn't know the future. For the first 17 months of her life, not years, but months, for the first 17 months of her life, she was like every other baby that every day she just moved a teeny bit more, got a little bit more ability to act and move forward in life. 
but everything for baby Jessica changed when she turned 18 months. Not 18 years, but 18 months. <clears throat> you see, baby Jessica, uh, unbeknownst to herself, and because she was only 18 months old, it's certainly not something that she signed up for. But she became famous around the world. They called her baby Jessica. She became famous for waiting. Some of you might remember the story. It was back when CNN was getting really popular. They were this new cable channel, and they, were, they had cameras and reporters at this location 24 hours a day. I mean, it was a big deal. I was up in Montana. I was a teenager at the time. It was 1987, and I still remember it. Little baby Jessica, 18 months old, playing at her auntie's house, or whatever you call your aunt down here in the south. <clears throat> she was in the backyard of her auntie's house in this fine state of Texas, playing in her aunt's backyard, and she fell 22, 22 feet down in a well that was eight inches wide. She fell down. She was stuck down there for days. She became famous. Churches, businesses, search and rescue, other countries were coming to this country. Everybody, <clears throat> everybody was lined up to help baby Jessica. Back in 87, Ronald Reagan was a president at the time. He said, quote, everybody in America feels like Jessica is family. She was 22 feet <laughs> which is approximately, uh, those who are here live today, uh, the floor to the ceiling, approximately. 18-month-old baby down in an 8-inch well for three days. Broke her arm. She was stuck. She didn't want to be, but she was stuck. They wrote songs about her. They wrote, wrote a movie about her. <laughs> they wrote poetry about her. They wrote books about her. This is what, it wasn't a song, but this is what a singer wrote about her. She was trapped in the dark with a broken arm in a life and death situation. And she was singing and being brave. It made my problems seem tiny. So as a prayer, I decided I wasn't going to drink alcohol until she got out of that well. It was like I was tricking myself, telling myself that I wasn't going to quit but just until she got out. <clears throat> it took almost three days for her to get out, but I still haven't had a drink all these years later. And that was over 30 years ago because they were watching an 18-month-year-old baby being stuck, being forced to be patient. Psalm chapter 40, verse 1, David writes, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. Most of us, I would imagine, are familiar with that really comfortable piece of furniture in our living room. What do we call that? A lazy, it's on the screen there, the lazy boy recliner. 
And when you just, when you, you just, you can't take anymore, you want to get in that chair and it reclines backward and you just relax and recline. God is the opposite. Psalm 40 verse 1, it says he inclined. God is not lazy. He doesn't go away. God comes close and he listens because he cares according to verse 1. Unfortunately for us humans, that doesn't always mean that He delivers us in 15 minutes. Life is complicated. Sometimes we get stuck and we don't always know why. The title of the message today is Waiting to Move. Today the message is about what do you do when you feel stuck? Most of us will never feel or know what it's like to be baby Jessica and be stuck 22 feet down in the ground. Most of us, praise God, will never know what that's like. But we, sometimes we know what that's like in other areas. You're stuck not getting a job. You're stuck in a bad job. You're stuck in this or you're stuck in that. You're stuck with a debt. You're stuck at a job where people treat you bad. You're in this broken, damaged world. Sometimes we can feel like we're stuck. The Bible's filled with people who felt that they were stuck in one way or the other. David, how would you feel if God just spoke to David and said, hey, you've got a bright future. I want you to be the king of Israel. And yet the current king, who's your father-in-law, has you stuck in the wilderness for seven years trying to kill you. wonder how David felt. Or how about Sarah? She waited 90 years before she had her first child. Or how about the Israelites? The Israelites were slaves in the worst possible way. Slaves for 400 years. <clears throat> you don't think they ever prayed to God? You don't think they ever said, Lord, we're your remnant, we're your people. Who in, the, in their right mind would ever want to be a slave? They were slaves for 400 years, stuck. Isaac, sometimes families can be challenging. We all have them. Amen? Isaac had to wonder for three days, was his own dad going to kill him thinking he was doing God a favor? Because Abraham went up on the hill because God told him, sacrifice your son. And it worked out quite nice. It's easy for us years later to look back and say, well, have some faith, man. And I'm not trying to overcomplicate their relationship, but it's a little different when dad's wanting to kill you. That takes some faith. How about the manna at the pool of Bethesda that we talked about last week? In the town of Israel, a very religious town, you think he'd never prayed to God, Lord, heal me, help me, fix me, have somebody even help me in a little way. It took 38 years 
before God who's perfect, just, righteous, sincere, genuine, all-knowing, and amazing to think this is the perfect time 38 years later. Mary and Martha, according to the Bible, they sounded, and Lazarus, they sounded like they were best friends with Jesus. They were one of the rare places Jesus could go and just kind of like, ah, <coughs> can't wait till I get back to heaven. This, this place is broken. Ah, this is one of the few places Jesus could do that on the entire earth that he created, just like that. It was one of the rare places he could just kind of sit back and just kind of like. <sighs> and then Mary and Martha, they said, Lord, Lord, Master, Messiah, we're one of the few people that trust in you. The one that you love, the one that you trust and appreciate, the one who gets you, the one who helps you be safe. And who, when we get to heaven, we'll see all the awesome stuff Lazarus and Mary and Martha did with Jesus and for Jesus. And when Jesus got the message, he went the other direction. Oh, hey, God, we got to go out of town, guys. No, no, he, he's sick. He needs help. I know. We're going to go this way. You can help him. I've seen all the kind of stuff you could do. You just say, the, what was that centurion? You just, well, just say the word. I know, I know. But life's complicated, and we're going to go over this way for four days. The message this morning is about what do you do while you wait and you feel like you're stuck. According to Psalm 40, verse 1, <clears throat> the first thing that the Holy Spirit through David is recommending is that we wait on the Lord. And that might be probably the most challenging part, to wait on God. That's, that's not easy for lots of human beings, and I, I'm one of those. It's not easy to wait for God. Remember Aaron? Back in the Old Testament, Aaron's a good example of, of what happens. Aaron and the golden calf, he's a good example of what happens when we're not waiting on the Lord. <clears throat> Every year, it seems like humanity gets less patient. We want fast computers, fast phones, fast internet connection. We want fast food. We want to graduate quick. The kids want to grow up fast. Athletes take illegal drugs so they can run faster and recover quicker. Even this week I saw again some athletes got caught taking illegal drugs so they could do better at the Olympics. Bosses want stuff done fast. They want it done yesterday. You can go to Vegas and get married fast in one day. You can get divorced fast. We want things fast. Unfortunately, sometimes in life, there are times when it's unavoidable and it goes a little slower than we like. Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit, out of destruction, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. <coughs> Part of God's plan was to help David be on a rock. And if you read the whole chapter and, and, and look at his life, he wasn't literally standing on a rock. And God, even though he inclined and God listened, 
God, David was running in the wilderness for seven years while his own father-in-law was trying to kill him. And he had to rely on God. He had to rely on God. That's what it's referring to in verse 2. And it says, put my feet upon a rock. He would have called him the Messiah. We call him Jesus. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. And that's the second part God wants us to do while we feel like we're stuck. To be standing on the rock. To be relying on God. <clears throat> to know that God has this situation in His hand. That the world revolves around God and God has, his, as it says in Isaiah, His own timing and His own thoughts and His own ways. And it's to our advantage to line up with His plans, not ours, even though that is frustrating and it's challenging and it's very stressful sometimes. Psalms 40, verses 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps sure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. Instead of spending our time telling everyone how painful it is. And there's, there's a place to share that respectfully and appropriately to get people to pray. And, but David makes it sound like God, the Holy Spirit, is putting in his mouth good words and songs, which is the next thing. Basically, as we're waiting on God to be able to have good things in our mouth to say and praises about God, even though when life is challenging, we never know who's listening. You imagine if, if anybody could have complained, it would have been God. And you imagine all the challenges Jesus went through, and yet he spent his chief amount of his time trying to encourage other people that you can still trust God. God is still reliable. God is still worthy. God is still good. God is still helpful. This is why God told Adam and Eve, don't do it. And we, as my kids remind me, <coughs> that we can't turn back the clock on Adam and Eve. But what we can do is make sure that we don't continue to do the opposite of what God tells us because then we keep perpetuating it. When God tells us something to be patient or God tells us something to rely on Jesus or God tells us something to, to say nice things, we can't turn back the clock and be Adam and Eve, but we in the moment can rely on God and say and do nice things. So we don't continue to perpetuate the challenges. Little baby Jessica, she did that in her own little way. When she was 22 feet down in the ground in that, in that eight-foot pipe, or eight-inch pipe, excuse me, in that eight-inch little pipe, and she stuck down there for three days with a broken arm. Other people were convicted. Other people wanted to give Jesus a try. Some people started going to church. Some people quit drinking alcohol. Why? Because there was an 18-month-year-old little baby who was showing big people what it's like to be patient, happy, and yes, sing songs she learned about Jesus at church. And other adults thought, wow, <clears throat> I wonder if God could help me try that. Psalms 40, verse 8, 9, and 10, David continues, I delight to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. I've proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips, O Lord. 
I have not hidden your righteousness. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your love or your kindness or your truth from the great congregation. Not only are we supposed to say nice things about God and be encouraging, <coughs> it helps if we obey God. When we get in difficult situations, that doesn't mean we get, we get a hall pass to just like start disobeying and breaking the rules. That only makes it worse. I'll give you a very real and very uh, expensive example. <coughs> Years ago, when I still lived in Arkansas, we lived in northwest Arkansas, basically in, in the, just over the hill from Ozark Avenue Academy, some who are familiar with that, <laughs> uh, Razorbacks, um, Arkansas, University of Arkansas, etc. And, and my wife's parents, my in-laws, lived about an hour, maybe a touch more, straight south of, south of that. And uh, so once in a while, we'd go see them, because I'm, I'm fortunate, I have wonderful in-laws, and she likes her parents too. And so once in a while, we'd go visit them, and this was just a particular weekend where we went and saw them on a Sunday or whatever it was. <laughs> and it was, it was getting late and, and time to go home. And so um, we had two ways to go home, straight, uh, their house. So going home would be straight north, uh, which was wide, narrow, old road, windy, hilly. Uh, Amandita, Kevin, you guys kind of go in that general area once in a while and, and to your little fun little place to go get away, which I won't share. <laughs> and... Um, so you're familiar with some of those roads. It's very windy and, and twisty, turny. It's old and the bridges are old and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it's the quickest because it was short. And the other way, there was brand new interstate. It was interstate 540, I think. It goes all the way around. <laughs> it's interstate, but it, it, it's longer, <coughs> almost twice as long, I think, maybe half, you know, anyway. Um, and so... We thought, hey, it's, you know, we just want to get there sooner, even though the road is a little crazy. So we went straight north. And we were about three-quarters of the way home, and in front of us pulls these two large trucks. One was a large dump truck, like you can see in, on the far left there, <coughs> and it was hauling dirt. And the other one was a large truck, and it was carrying a flatbed. And on the flatbed was carrying an excavator, and that big piece of equipment in the middle, <coughs> that's what they call an excavator. <clears throat> and um, so something happened to my slide. It's supposed to say, I'm big. I can do what I want. <clears throat> and anyway, th that's what they did. Uh, on that road, because it's older and it's windy and it's narrow, and, and, and on the old roads, you know how the bridges will say, you know, hey, only a certain amount of weight or a certain amount of height, you know, these kind of things. So for whatever reason, I didn't know them, but they pulled in front of us and going slow because... One of those um, excavators, my understanding, some of those can weigh around 100,000 pounds. And so anyway, <clears throat> they were going in front of us quite slow, and, but it took them a while. They finally got up to speed, and, and they were going the speed limit, 55 miles an hour, whatever it was. And uh, about that time, um, I looked ahead, and I couldn't pass them because it was too windy. And up ahead, I saw a Lee Creek Bridge. And uh, so I started to slow down. If I remember correctly, my wife, uh, she said, well, wh what's going on? Why are you slowing down? I'm doing you know, 50, 45, 40. She said, why are you slowing down? I said, well, that, that's the Lee Creek Bridge up ahead. Yes, so? I said, well, they're going too fast and the load is too big. <clears throat> I've never driven anything even remotely that big or that heavy, but it just something, it didn't seem right. <clears throat> so I'm, I mean, I'm really slowing down. 
Sure enough, no exaggeration. Bam, right in, you know how they, t- those, some of those old bridges, you have those metal beams on the side, and then the bridge uh, goes up like this, and then across the top, you have all these bars going like this. And that upper arm of that excavator went through like two of those metal beams, like a hot knife through butter. And it wasn't until, at least from my distant perception as we were in the vehicle, nearly at a stop at this point, I still didn't see their, their, taillights, their taillights come on. It wasn't until they felt the bridge shake and that, you know, and that all this kind of stuff, they finally I saw the taillights come on. I've seen these kind of things on television, but never in real life. I'm just like, what just happened? And it, it, it was so big and so heavy. And this wasn't the biggest river, but where there's a river, there's a bridge. And they, they got halfway through that, and they put on the brakes, and they were stuck. That arm of the excavator is stuck up in the bridge, literally. Too high, couldn't go back, couldn't go forward. Their other truck turned around, tried to help them. Nothing. Called the highway patrol. Approximately, we probably had to, to, we were three quarters of the way home, so now it took maybe three times as long to get home, which is inconvenient. But can you imagine being those people? Can you imagine the ticket the police officer gave them? I don't even know. Does the, does the state of Arkansas sue them for, for, for the bridge? I mean, how's, how's that look when you, you call up your insurance? Hey, all, yeah, all state insurance, how can I help you? Um, yeah, I'm t- this is Tom. Um, I took out a bridge. You took out a bridge? Yeah, I'm going to have to get the manager. I mean, seriously, I mean, is that some small businesses, can you recuperate from that? Do you go out of business? What happened? They took out a bridge. Psalms chapter 40 is clear. And so was so many other places of the Bible. <clears throat> Ever since Satan started his nonsense in heaven and Adam and Eve decided to do their nonsense, this world has been hurting, it's been broken. We see people run into all kinds of bridges physically, spiritually, socially, emotionally, financially. Sometimes when they run into bridges, it makes our life more complicated. And sometimes we run into bridges and we complicate other people's lives. Psalms 40 is pretty clear. Not following the rules, not standing on Jesus, not being optimistic and helpful and being patient and going against these things, that didn't help that company. It made it very difficult for that company. I can't imagine what it would have been like for David to have the king of the remnant church trying to kill you. I don't know what it would have been like to have your own father-in-law try to kill you. For seven years, he was hiding in the wilderness saying, Lord, you spoke and and there was the sunshine. You spoke and there's every rock. You spoke and in one day, every body of water existed. You spoke and every bit of oxygen existed appeared. And now David's in the wilderness for seven years. 
And David did his best to wait on God, to rely on God, to talk positively about God, to obey God. And I don't think it's a stretch for us today when we're in heaven years from now and we look back. When we're in heaven, because we'll all be thinking, when I waited for God, for those moments when I relied on God by faith. And I'm glad for those moments. Man, I, <clears throat> I, I, I wouldn't wish those moments on anybody. <clears throat> but when they happen, I'm glad that I was talking positively about God. And I'm glad, I'm glad that I obeyed God. Not that we're saved by our obedience, but as we do it, it helps us have peace on our journey. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 40, <clears throat> verse 1, 2, and 3. David wrote, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. And many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. As our singers come up for the closing song, may we meditate on the words of David.